Hello, Memphis fans, and welcome to The Point. I am Wes Pruitt. Got Brandon Bumgarner, Nathan Wilson, and Will Bass in the house with you again tonight. We've got some things to talk about. There's some Tiger fans out there, guys, that are quite upset. I'm sure there's oh man, I, there's Tiger fans in, the, in this room right here that are upset, too. We're going to get into it. <sighs> got to thank Germantown Village Wine and Liquors. Stephen Plunk and company do an amazing job over there. They are at 7730 Poplar Avenue, Germantown, Tennessee. Go by and see them. They've got some single-barrel whiskeys that are absolutely amazing. Uh, go by, check them out. Tell them Four Star sent you, and they may cut you a little deal. Who knows? Steven's a good guy. Nathan, let's go ahead and jump right into it, man. Memphis and Temple, it didn't go as we as we planned it to, obviously. Um. So let's talk about it, man. Uh, let's just do a little recap. Nathan, I'll start with you. Then I'll jump over to Will. Then I'll go down to Bum. Nathan, give me your uh, give me your take on this Memphis Temple football game last Saturday in Philly. Uh, tough to watch, man. Really tough to watch. This is another game where Memphis has a big lead and just ends up losing it come second half. Uh, but my whole thing – is there, there were a lot of mistakes made, yes. Uh, for instance, one that I spoke with Bum about, and I, I, I guys, this goes for all y'all, why would you switch hands at the one-yard line when you're about to score? I mean, you, you cost yourself a fumble, and then on, <laughs> and, and on top of that, a turnover. I mean, it was tough to watch, man. I mean, I know this is a young Tiger team this year. They're young, you know. And I, I know next year will probably be a lot more different, but just that that's something that, you know, shouldn't have happened. Uh, the, the fact that – I mean, I can understand if you're like 10 yards out and you switch, you switch the ball to a different arm or whatever. I understand that. One-yard line, all you got to do is tuck it and just literally dive in. Uh, but I, I will say this defense, I, I, I will give it to the defense a little bit. In this game, uh, they they did. I mean, they, they did a lot better to me. I think they improved a lot. Uh, offensive line, I just kind of fell apart a few times. But uh, all right, not to cut you off, Nathan, and and we're gonna get into the defense here shortly. But when you say they improved, like, are you saying because they were up twenty one nothing one week and they were only up seventeen nothing the next week, and then they gave it up? Or I, I'm saying like. It, it, they played – oh, man. I think Nathan's trying to say they played a better, better game than the yeah. Scorchers. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, agree with uh, that. They did a lot better than they did against uh, UTSA. Mm -hmm. They they played a lot – the defense came out and played. Uh, it's just giving up those points. Uh, and I get it, Mathis, he's a dual-threat quarterback. So you, you got to work that into that, and that's that's all college defenses. That it, if yeah. you're going up against a dual threat quarterback, it's going to be tough to stop because he could run it, he can throw you, do whatever. Um, but I do think on the offensive side, uh, I think our offensive line need needed to do a little bit better on blocking. Uh, I, I think if uh, I mean I, I, I and I hope somebody can bring up the stats for me on our rushing. I don't. I know uh, Clark only had 92 yards. 
Yeah, you got uh, 157 total yards, 38 attempts, averaging 4.1 yards per carry. Right. I mean, so I, I think what Memphis has got to do coming in is just work on the offensive line, work on running the ball a little bit better. Uh, it's the, I think you ha- it's the same issue you had in the uh, game against UTSA. Uh, Memphis has got to establish the run a little bit better. Passing's great. I mean, you got Calvin Austin. Uh, you, you got your weapons on the wide right receiver side, but it's just you got to establish that run. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Will, what about you, man? Yeah, I'm right there with Nate just to kind of finish off on, you know, what he was wrapping up with. Um, I don't know why they I, – I know Silverfield talks about being a run-first offense, but I don't really see the the need for it when – I mean, I, I understand you have to have the run to set up other things on your offense, but at the same time, you know, so many of these other teams we're playing are just going to boat race you anyways, and it's not like they're really able to stop the pass, especially when you got Sean Dykes and Calvin Austin out there putting up ridiculous numbers. And um, I had it written down here just a second ago. So Hennigan for the game went 24 of 40 and threw for 305 and three TDs. So just go out there, put up 60 points every game, you know, I mean, and just let people beat you. I mean, that that's what it basically is going to come down to if, if they can't seem to stop teams in the second half. Um, they went – in the second and fourth quarters, they were outscored uh, both quarters, and three of those points, uh, I think, of the five were the difference maker, you know. Yeah. So when you go out there, you put up points early, but you can't finish a game. I think that does play into the whole youth aspect of it. You know, they are a really young team, and maybe that has a lot to do with it. Um, and I know, you know, we mentioned we're probably going to get into it a little bit later as far as the defense and also to some of the fumbling issues. But a lot of that's just discipline, and it's youth and – it's these guys got to figure things out. You know, switching hands on the goal line was ridiculously stupid. Um, but that's just the fundamentals same, to me. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I just, mean, it was a lapse, you know, lapse of judgment. You know, you're crossing the line, and for whatever reason, he saw something and felt like he needed to switch hands. And that, I mean, that was the difference in the game. You score that touchdown, it's over. And that the game was pretty much over. If they would have put the ball over the end zone right then and there, I think that would have sealed the deal. And, you, you know, we, we'd be having a different conversation right now. Um, but one way or the other, you know, here's a question that I kind of wanted to ask you guys. Do you think that the Tigers have kind of been disrespected the last couple of weeks as far as playing two games out of state? And both times we've been the homecoming opponent. You know, usually usually the homecoming opponent is sort of a cupcake game. And here we are. We've gone, you know, we went in the temple. Um, and then, you know, last week we lost as well. So, I mean, I mean, it's it's. Um, I don't know. I just oh, actually, I say that we went into Temple. We're about to go into Tulsa again. This yes. is a homecoming game coming up. That's where I was mm-hmm. going with that. But, well, yeah. it, you know, you're exactly right. Uh, when you look at the traditional homecoming game, it's going to be against somebody. You're going to yeah, yeah, you're going to blow them up. So exactly. you, can just, you, know, uh, you please the fans. I also think that's a way to get additional people in the stadium for a yeah, big game. I mean, but. Yeah, I do think – oh, I definitely think it's disrespectful. There's no doubt about it in my mind. I mean – and a school knows what they're doing when they schedule a homecoming game. You know, Absolutely. Call it what it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brandon, what about you, man? When you look at this this Memphis football team, I, I know you're emotionally invested for sure. Um, give me your recap of this game, and then uh, we'll jump into our first topic of this Memphis Temple. I mean, there's really only one word to describe it, and it's disappointment. 
this team, I know they're well coached. I know they have the right guys out there on the field. But there's also – they're showing no discipline in what they do on the field. Um, I'm not going to make any excuses for Kyle and Watkins, but it was his first game back. Um, and one of his first few carries was on that fumble. Uh, there's no excuse for you to change hands, especially when there's absolutely nobody around you and you're about to score a touchdown. Uh, you're you're on the half-yard line. You just put the ball on the ground. That's been the biggest problem is putting the ball on the ground. And Hennigan's played good. He had a ton of overthrows in that game on Saturday. He showed that he was a freshman. It, it, it's just disappointing, man. Uh, and I think a lot of Memphis fans, including myself, after we started with 3-0 and we beat Mississippi State, I think we put the um, – uh, uh, we, we, we tried to make our expectations a little bit higher than they should be as far as for this team. This team, there's a reason Vegas picked this team to win eight games, and it's because they're capable of winning eight games. Uh, you've already lost two. I fully expect those not two not to be your last at this point. But you can make adjustments. You can become a better ball club. You can quit putting the damn ball on the ground, and that'll help uh, turn you into something that you need to be. Um, in Nathan's case, he said this team is young. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, I think these mis- some of these mistakes were warranted, not all of them. I really think that uh, we should have gone into Temple, no questions asked, and beat them. Uh, we also should have beat UTSA, but I'm not going to scroll back to two weeks ago. I'm going to yeah. push back to last Saturday. Temple is not a better team than Memphis, and somehow – and I think I've said it on the podcast before. We always play up to or down to our competition. That yeah, has we talked about right that now. last week. Yeah, you're exactly it right. Has to stop. It, it has to stop right now. We always play to our competition. There's no excuses behind it. Uh, and look, I know these coaches and these players know they're better, better than Temple. But to sit here and lose to them for the, what, I think it's, the third time in a row at Temple. Yep. There's there's no there's no reason for it to happen. Uh, like I said, I'm just disappointed. Don't think I could do it. Uh, I could not be disappointed. And we'll talk more about it here in a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, when you, of course, I know social media is social media. I mean, let's be honest. We all know what it is. Um, but when you look at the fans, a lot of them have to have knee-jerk reactions. Um, a lot of it might be warranted, or some of I don't want to say a lot of it. Some of it might be warranted. I feel like a lot of it is not. It's just my personal opinion. But there, the 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 big topic is: Does Mike McIntyre need to be asked? I'll give my opinion last. I, I really am very intrigued to hear what everyone in the room thinks. And on uh, social media as well, on Facebook and on our Four Star Sports Media YouTube page. Will, I'll start with you. You've been there live, watched some games in person. I know Brandon has as well. Give me your opinion on this. Do does Memphis need a new defensive coordinator? 
I don't necessarily think they do. I mean, this past weekend wasn't, you know, granted, you know, that that's this weekend doesn't help defend uh, the DC by any means. I mean, they only had three tackles for a loss, I think in the entire game, which isn't, you know, that's not anything to, to write home about, but same time, you know, look at how quickly that offense scores. Um, I think that's something to keep in mind when you even look at a game like um, the Alabama Ole Miss game this past weekend or even the Arkansas-Georgia game this past weekend. You know, a couple of those teams, and it's not to – I'm not trying to throw any, any shade on anybody, but um, it's just you look at those teams, how quickly they score, and they're, right, they're putting those defenses right back on the field. So when your defense is out on the field, the overwhelming majority of the game and the other team possesses the ball more than you, you know, it's it's going to be, you know, it's going to put a little more pressure on your defense to, to really hold it together. And then, it's, you know, you especially start out really quick the last two games putting points up on the board. I don't know that maybe they're just resting on that a little too much. Um, whatever the case may be, you know, sorry, my kids are being buttholes. Oh, you're um, good, man. <laughs> but uh, – yeah, you know, you, you you watch that, you see that happen a couple weeks in a row. It probably does become a little bit concerning, but I think at the same time, you know, you got to look at how quickly this Memphis team scores and the fact that they're putting the defense right back on the field. These guys are probably a little bit gassed, and maybe that sort of contributes to some of these leads being blown late in the game. But um, I think it's probably a little bit early to, to be calling for the head of the D.C. Yeah, I mean, Mike McIntyre is a – National former national coach of the year. I mean, I don't, I just I feel like that's being forgotten. But Nathan, what about you, man? What is what is your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, look at where he came from <clears throat> before coming to Memphis. He was old, he was at Ole Miss coaching over there, and at the time, Ole Miss did have a pretty decent uh, defense under him. But I, I think Will's right. I think it's a little too early to call for him to be let go. Uh, it's still got a, a good bit of games left to play. So I think the by the end of the season I, is, I mean, I think is what you got to get. You got you to give this guy to the end of the season to see if he can improve the defense and make adjustments uh, moving forward. I mean, guys, we look at the schedule, you know, of course we got, you know, Tulsa's next week and uh, – SMU, uh, Tulane, UCF, you know, list goes on and on. All these teams, a lot of them, a lot of them know how to run the ball. I, I think that, uh, I think some adjustments need to be made on the, uh, defensive backside on our defensive backs. Um, but I think Will was right when I, they do look gassed come second half. And I think that's something that he can work on and adjust, uh, kind of get fresh pl- players in and out as best as he can. Uh, I haven't seen them run against an, uh, really a big up-tempo offense yet. So, But uh, if they ever do, that's going to give them a lot of problems if they don't fix it now. Yeah. Well, you got Gus Bus down there in Orlando. Uh, Brandon, what about you, man? I'm really itching to know your thoughts on this. Uh, I'm not one to say somebody should be fired or not fired. I'm not a – Mike McIntyre's boss, nor will I ever be his boss. Uh, so that is a Ryan Silverfield decision. But personally, I don't think I think it's a bit of an overreaction for people to call for his head. 
has the defense been good since he's been here? No, they've shown glimpses that they can be good. But there was an interesting point that one of the commentators said during the game on Saturday, and I don't remember if it was the third quarter or the second quarter, but he said that the Memphis offense had only been on the field two minutes in that quarter. That means that our defense was on the field for 13 minutes in a single quarter. That's inexcusable. Well, that was the difference in the UTSA game, too. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like Will said, you put the defense in a really crappy situation by either going three and out or scoring very quickly. And let's not let's not sugarcoat things, guys. Like the offense hasn't been what it has been in the past. It's not, oh, we'll score and get right back out there uh, on defense. It's a we've gone three and out, we punt the ball, and now our defense is back out there within 30 seconds. They barely get time to rest their legs or do anything. And when you don't have, I mean, you don't have a ton of depth at the defensive side of the ball, it doesn't help. And not to mention you have young guys all over the field that are coming in and out on the defense. Uh, Greg Rubin, who was scored on twice Saturday, true freshman. Uh, and he has been one of the most impressive parts of the defense. I think there needs to be some movement on the defensive side of the ball, not per se firing of coaches. Uh, I, I think that these guys need to give everybody an opportunity to get out there and prove themselves. Uh, practice is different than gameplay, and coaches like to see what they see off of practice as far as, oh, is this guy performing in practice and he'll perform in the games? Some guys just don't get up for practice. I'm sorry to break it to you, but other guys will show up for a game and uh, the same guy will show up for a game and have two picks and a forced fumble, you know? Allen Iverson and, was about, about that. He, he wasn't a big fan yeah, of practice. It, yeah, no, practice. We talking about practice, man? Not a, not a game, not a game. Practice. No, practice. not a game. Um, just practice. But now, well, never mind. That's a that's a whole other story. The, the actual story behind that statement. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. I know the story behind it. Yeah. But no, it's. I just find it funny that people want to put all the blame on all the coaches and all the players. You shouldn't do that. Just give more guys an opportunity to get out there and prove themselves. Oh yeah. And that that that'll help your case. I mean, you have a guy like JJ Russell who leads the country in tackling. I never thought that'd be possible at Memphis. But you know what? Uh, it just shows that these guys are on the field so much. Typically, the sign of a guy with the most tackles in the country is either they're the most talented guy on their team and one of the best, or, or they're on a defense and defense, never get off the field. Or they're on defense and they never get off the field. Yeah. I mean, no, no offense to J.J. Russell. I think he's going to be an NFL football player at some point. Absolutely. No I think he's a stud. But the defense just doesn't get off the field and it gives them the opportunity to get all these tackles. Um, it, it's, it's frustrating, like I said. Uh, it is demoralizing to a team to lose two games in a row. So we will see how this defense responds and how this team responds in general on Saturday at 8 p.m. Yeah, I, I, I mean, y'all hit every point, I mean, in all honesty. But I I guess I'm going to go on kind of a little bit of a rant here for the fans on social media. And I understand we we, 
We're on social media too. I get it. But the three man front, I understand, is not a hey, popular hey, thing. Go ahead. Don't don't call out the fans that are just going after McIntyre because they're also going after Silverfield. And that should not ha- be happening. It's on my checklist right here, buddy. I got it. I literally have a checklist. I'm going to check it off after I say it. I, trust me. Any fan that is going after any coach or any player on the Memphis staff or team program, and this is any sport, doesn't matter, football, baseball, basketball, golf, knitting, it doesn't matter. Whatever sport, you should have your season ticket revoked. This is just, this is just my opinion. You should have your season ticket revoked. Any parking pass you got yanked. If you're on Tiger Lane, not anymore. You're gone. It's ridiculous. These players are putting in countless hours, not only on the practice field, in the film room, by themselves, in the weight room, but they're also a full-time student. And for any fan that is going to bash them, guess what? Those social media pages that you're on, Guess what? So is their family. So are they. They see that. Their family sees that. The rest of the country sees that. It's killing it. It'll, it'll kill your entire recruiting in a heartbeat because you got crappy fans. And that's not what I want to say, but I can't cuss. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Any fan that's calling out Ryan Silverfield, bet you won't say it to his face. Bet you won't. Any fan that's calling out Mike McIntyre, former National Coach of the Year. I'll say it again. National Coach of the Year. Say it to his face. Bet you won't. Bet you won't say it to a player's face. You can talk big and bad behind a keyboard, but when you're in the stands, you won't do it. You know why? Because everybody else in blue is going to kick your tail right there in the stands. They don't care. It's ridiculous. Now, is the three-man front a, a great front to line up in? I don't know. I, I kind of like it. I kind of don't. It's just my personal opinion. But Mike McIntyre, for, for example, is in his second season as a Memphis defensive coordinator. Oh, and guess what? Last year was COVID. Everything was through Zoom. It was this way. How the crap can you teach football through Zoom? <clears throat> how? How do, you, how do you really see what a kid can do and can't do on Zoom? How do you see how fast he is? You don't. It's called knowledge. It's called that's what he's been doing for his whole life. The guy is a coaching master of defense. I get it. Our defense is not playing good. We've given up two back-to-back 21 and 17-point leads in the first quarter. If Memphis was a first-quarter team, we, we would win the national championship this year so far. Bring on Bama. I, I'll take on Bama scoring 21 points in the first quarter. I'll take it every daggum day of the week, Monday through Sunday. It's ridiculous. This man was in COVID last year. Hell, Ryan Silverfield was in COVID last year. This whole team that's on the field now was in COVID last year. It wasn't a regular season. You don't play for a month. Name me another time in college football where a team doesn't play for a month. Don't worry. I'll wait. Hit me up at Four Star Sports West. Let me know. Because I guarantee you, nobody's going to answer that question. Screenshot that. Well, hey, what they need to do is they need to sit down, they need to shut up, and they need to be they need to be a fan for this university, the city, and the young men that are playing. That's what Wes, they need to the, do. 
the same people that are crying are the ones who won't show up to the game when we play Navy. That was my next point. Thank you. Thank you. Are the same people that didn't show up to the UTSA game, you know? I mean, they were there for the the Mississippi State game, but they couldn't they couldn't manage to free up a little time on Saturday afternoon, you know, when it was gorgeous outside. I mean, it would have been great to have a few extra fans out there. Well, we're also talking about the fans. Now, let's go ahead and say it for for a while now. uh, The Tigers have had a winning season. All right. 29 30 at home. You got fans coming in, jumping on the wagon, jumping on the wagon. And then they start losing. And this is the this is the thing about it. And as as I mean, as y'all know, I, my house is divided over here. <laughs> we support two different teams. Me too, buddy. So it, it's it's Alabama and, it, and it's Memphis. But over here, you know, y- you start to see the bandwagons that just hopped on that ain't been there through all the tough, the losing seasons, and all that. And they they start complaining. Oh, well, this needs to happen. Oh, this needs. No, they, they don't need this coach. They need this coach. Uh, they need to bench the quarterback. They need to put this guy in. He he's better. These are the same fans that they call themselves uh, Memphis fans when really they just hopped on the bandwagon just last year when Memphis was uh, going what to the Cotton Bowl. Yep. So you know that that's all it is, and you, you start you lose two games, and all, already you're going to bash the Tigers and say, "Oh, that's oh, it. That's that. it." They're you know, already trying to get on the phone and call Hugh Freeze, Nathan. They're like, <laughs> we want Hugh Freeze. Bring us Hugh. Are you kidding me? Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Hugh Freeze is the same guy who would say, yeah, I'll take the Memphis job. A year later, get offered a Power 5 job and mm-hmm. leave immediately. He already told Memphis no. He already yeah. told him no. Why yeah. would you call him back? <laughs> it, that's, look, like, that's like your girlfriend breaking up you and going, well, screw it. Let me call her back. No. Screw yeah. that. Move on. We've got Ryan Silverfield as the head coach. Guess yeah. what? He loves being at Memphis. He yeah. eats, be, eats, sleeps, breathes Memphis. That's and, it. And, and that's the thing. To all, to all the viewers listening right now and that agree with what we're saying and the ones that don't, go back to the interview with Ryan Silverfield that we had on the show and see how much he loves the city, how much he loves his team. Exactly. And how much he's done and everything. Th- this man, I mean – you got to understand, th- this team is a young team, all right? Y- you don't have Brady White no more, and Brady White was a big part of that offense. You got a young freshman. But you can't sit here and bash a freshman the whole time because then, then what are you doing? You, you just, you, you're not showing them that you, you got uh, faith in him to – You're not being a fan. Lead the team. That's what well, yeah, you're not down to. You're yeah, not, you're not being, being a fan. A fan. Because you, you're putting this freshman out there and saying, oh, no, it's your fault you're doing this. And then you're putting these coaches out there. I mean, yeah. guys, either be a fan or don't be a fan. I've yeah. seen yeah. I've seen these Tiger fans. I've been around them, these diehard fans. I've seen them. And trust me, they're not saying none of this. No. They're just, hey, too bad. Guess games. what? <laughs> I was sitting in the stadium when we were 2-10. and 10. Yeah. 1-11. Larry Porter. There was some. There was some Tommy West nights that there was nobody there. Nobody. Nobody thinks about that. It's all. And I'm not. 
I don't want this to sound the wrong way. I apologize if I, if I ruffle a feather. But it's the young fans. No offense, Brandon. Please, no offense. It's the young fans that just got on when Mike Norvell got here. Or at the very end of Justin Fuente. Brandon knows the history of Memphis. I his agree. Family is a, his family is a Memphis fan. They're fans. The fans that got on at, Justin, at the tail end of Justin Fuente, guess what? There's been a hell of a great history with University of Memphis slash Memphis State football before you knew about them. But, but so they- quit running your mouth and just be a fan. Or guess what? If you're not happy with it, go down to the University of Memphis and apply for the job. Let me know when you get hired. Hit me up on Four Stars uh, Sports West on that one, too. Because guess what? You're not. Yeah, go ahead, here- Brandon. Yeah, um, I agree with you. A lot of the younger fans uh, are a part of it. Many that I know. Um, I've also, I have a lot of friends who have invested like myself um, that aren't going to, uh, I've made, I've made sure to make it known that in my friend group, I'm not going to listen to any bashing on coaches or players. Now, if the player makes a mistake and you're like, dang it, why'd you do that? Just, I mean, that's fine. But don't go out here on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or anything like that commenting and tagging these kids saying, oh, you're, you're, you're terrible. You're horrible. Yes. Go home. Find something else to do. Yeah. That, that's not what these kids are built for. They're student athletes. They have two full-time jobs. Number one, being a student. Number they two, they pleasing it. your ass on the football field. Exactly. exactly. They see it every single day. Yes, Will, they see it every single day. Um, and not to kind of push towards football, or not fo- not football, but basketball, a guy like Alex Lomax, who is extremely, um, extremely involved on social, a- active on social media, He's one who would see it like last year. He went through struggles last year with the basketball team. Mm-hmm. He saw it on social media. And, you know, he said in a press interview, you know, um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat things. He said, like, straight up, he said, I see that stuff every single day, and it absolutely bothers me. You think these yeah. football players aren't going to do the same thing? Exactly. These guys follow multiple accounts. They're that retweets likes everything that's sent to them their family sees it their family sends it to them i've gained followers more just stress. by tagging them on stuff on twitter when they make a big play yes and it 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 it, it, it brings more stress on these kids it's not fair to them because like i said they are kids yeah. they're still kids i'm a kid I'm, i know i'm 26 years old but i'm still a kid these guys are not too much younger than me Right. Uh, uh, it's it's ridiculous, man. And it you is. know what? Uh, uh, if if you want to step up and call this kid a piece of crap or something like that, I guarantee you won't do it to their face. Exactly. Because a guy like Morris Joseph will come after your ass. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. All right. Well, um, speaking of speaking of well, football, I, sorry, n- not to cut you off. I was going to get into the temp to the uh, Tulsa game. We kind of went like way off the rails there. I apologize. It was my rant. I know. I'm sorry. Um, so you got Memphis taking a, taking another road trip, guys. Uh, heading out to Tulsa. 
It's going to be a fun one Saturday night. I'll be there in the press box covering it for Four Star Sports Media. I'm very excited about that opportunity. Um, when you look at this Tulsa team, and I'll just we can just make this kind of brief if we want. How do you stop Tulsa, Brandon? Uh, you play defense. Yeah, I mean true. You, you you score more points than them. Thank you, Eli. It's about the only thing we can do right now. Um, I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna put this on anybody, any one particular person. I think your running backs have to show up as a group. I think offensive line has to show up as a group. Your receivers and Seth have been fine. Seth has made mistakes here and there, like I said. Uh, but yeah, your defense needs to come out and just respond. They have to respond. Uh, Silverfield, they're saying his eyes up, and then everybody says all in. Well, guess what? Your ass better be eyes up and all in on Saturday. Yes, Tulsa, look, I know their record precedes them, but they're a better team than everybody thinks. And I know I picked them last week to beat Houston, but they got they got throttled by Houston. But here's the thing. Who's to say Tulsa's not going to respond? Who's to say Tulsa's not going to come past that adversity that they had last week after a big loss? I think they absolutely can, especially since this is the first game that we've played them um, since uh, the, the missed uh, field goal yep. that sent us college game day. Yep. So, yeah, um, you gotta you got to respond, man. Your eyes got to be up and you got to be all in. It's a – and I know that sounds cliche to hear, but these guys, I, I believe they'll be ready. I believe they'll be um, – they're going to be ready to go. I no, no uh, if ands, or buts about it. Will, what about you, man? All right, so I got a handful of things um, to kind of look forward to, or at least things I'm looking at for this weekend. Um, so both of these teams are coming off losses in their AAC openers. So that obviously gives both of them a little fuel to the fire. Plus, this is a homecoming game for Tulsa. Um, they have posted 53, 39, and three in their homecoming games. Um, they have had two receivers here recently that with back-to-back 100-yard receiving games and Josh Johnson and Sam Crawford. So that's something to kind of look at there on offense, at least on their offensive side. Um, one thing that they are similar to us in, in uh, offense, they had four scoring drives against Arkansas State that were less than a minute 20. So – they're another team that can put up some points, and that's something to kind of keep in mind, maybe look at as well, because this could be one of those I was mentioning earlier. Could end up just being a boat race. You know, there's not really going to be uh, a whole lot in the way of defense. Um, they've gone over 500 yards in total offense in two of their first five games. That was something that stood out to me. Um, another thing that kind of worries me about this particular team so under their current coach, Philip Montgomery, they have had 17 games in which they have trailed and come back to win. Um, one of those being, I think, 11 points against SMU, and they came back and uh, won that game. That was back in 2015. Um, they're also their, – their defense could be something to worry about as well, considering we can't get the ball going on the ground. We're relying on Hennigan, who's actually done great. I know everybody likes to dog him, or at least it seems like a lot of people have, but – you're talking about a kid, like an actual kid that is going Literally. out there doing, doing grown man things on a football field amongst. Seth Hennigan's not a kid. People. He's he's a legitimate child. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, child. you just look at the pictures. You look at pictures of this guy. You look at the the media. You know, the press conferences after the game. I mean, you know, he, he's a kid, and yeah. and he's going out there, and he's actually doing damn well. You know, for a Division One football program. So, I mean, I think people could could probably stand to step back from that and quit complaining because the kids put up some damn good numbers. Considering you know, last week he he threw for what he did and didn't have a single interception. Um, you know, I mean, aside from putting the ball on the ground, the Memphis offenses look pretty darn good. That's that's what they need to stick to. Um, their defense is going to be the only thing they really need to worry about with this particular offense being the high-powered offense that it seems to be, or at least the one that can score as quickly as it does. Um, the last thing, you know, that we like I was saying, we need to worry about for them, their defense, they've got 35 tackles for a loss and 102 yards total loss uh, and they rank 30th nationally in that so that's something to consider too especially like i said we can't get the ball going on the ground if hennigan starts scrambling around we might lose some big yardage in that game which could obviously affect some of the offensive drives you know in a negative way um but i mean i guess one thing to consider with their offense moving the ball like they do as quickly as they do and score as quickly as they do that could Prove positive for our defense, you know, I mean, since they've had such little time to actually get off the field, if for whatever reason Tulsa is able to move the ball, at least that gets them off the field for a little while, you know, um, unless the offense just goes right back out there and it's just a back and forth tennis match the entire game, which it ultimately could be. Um, but those are just a few of the things that kind of stood out to me, just looking back at some of the notes, um, you know, over Tulsa's year thus far. And then, obviously recapping the last two weeks against UTSA and Temple. Um, you know, I think, honestly, um, as much as I hate to say it, you know, defense is what wins championships, but we're not worried about a championship at this point. Just put your foot on the gas, let the kid go out there, put the ball in the air, and just let Sean Dykes and Calvin Austin just put up ridiculous numbers, you know, turn it into, you know, NCAA 2022, and just let those kids go out there and, you know, have 300 yards apiece. Just let it happen. Yeah. Well, Will, I'll, I'll argue, Will, championship's not out of reach. You can still win your conference. If you win oh, out, yes. you can oh, win yeah. your conference. I mean, are you going to beat Cincinnati? It's not logical, but you still got to go out there and play no. the game. Um, so they are very good. They're very, very good. Uh, but I told you all two weeks ago. Ryan Silverfield. Yeah, you did. You did. Ryan Silverfield said in his introductory press conference, that his goal here is to win conference championships year after year after year. That's not out of the question. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, Bumgarner's crazy for saying this. Well, guess what? I mean, look, you have, what, you're sitting at three and two. You play 12 games. You have seven games left. If you can go seven and oh the rest of this schedule, that puts you at 10 and two. Uh, I, I really believe that SMU is going to blow one eventually other than uh, us possibly playing them. But not only are you playing for a, a, co- a possible conference championship, you're playing for pride. You're playing for the city. You're playing for your teammates. You're playing for your family. And like I brought up earlier, eyes up, all in. You have to be all in if you want to take care of this moment and keep going. Um, we have a very – uh, nice streak of bowl games that uh, I, I like to kind of throw out there every once in a while. There's only been, I believe it's six teams to make a bowl game since 2014 uh, every single year. Memphis is one of them. 
Uh, I'd like to continue that streak. You need three more wins for that streak to continue. And you can be bowl champions. I mean, Will, I didn't like that you said championships out of the question. That's all I had to say. I can appreciate that. Sorry. Having the mic off. (laughs) I mean, you know, Nathan, we'll get to you uh, here in just one second. Let me say this real quick. Uh, You know, when you look at this this Memphis team, and I'll – I'll go back. I'm not going to get as heated as I was a second ago, but I'll go back to the fans. I remember a time, like Will said, Rip Shear. I remember a time when Memphis can't – we couldn't even say the bowl word. It would be like, Bleh. it wouldn't even come out. I mean, there, there, I can remember a time where we're like a bowl game. Are you crazy? I had more fun getting on NCAA football and just playing all the bowl games, you know, on the game. Because Memphis wasn't in a bowl. We didn't the only the letter that was coming out of bowl towards Memphis was the L. Exactly. 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 And now you're looking at a team that has now made, what, seven consecutive bowl games? I mean, that's, that is a dramatic turnaround. That is a incredible turnaround. And for the fans that are, just, like I said earlier, for the fans that are just getting on the, that just got on the bus at Justin Fuente, and that, that bus is long. And and you really need to go back and check the history before you start blasting players, coaches, families, everything else. Nathan, go ahead, man. Yeah, so a few of my things. Uh, ball possession is one of them. Uh, give, give your defense some time to rest on that sideline. I mean, I know Memphis, they score. When they score, they score quick. And uh, I think that will help out that defense a little bit, just get a little bit of a breather in. But you also got to – uh, the turnovers, you know, costly turnovers, work on those. It, it, like the, the fumble at the one-yard line. I mean, it's one – that was uh, a big mistake, and I'm sure it, it's not going to happen. It, it was huge, but I'm sure it won't happen in this game coming up. But I, I will say this. In, in this game coming up with Tulsa, I believe the thing about it is this. All right. Is uh, what Will said. Tulsa's got two wide receivers, and that are really good, and plus their quarterback. But the thing about it is, what they're looking at is Memphis passing yards allowed. If anybody wants to take a guess on how many passing yards were it's allowed, it, it, three hundred forty-three. Yeah. All right. So, you know, we that that's why I go back to about the defensive backs and everything. Uh. I mean, now there ain't no telling how how uh, McIntyre's going to play him. If he might play more zone, he might play uh, man up. You know, we don't know. But coming into this game, uh, you know Tulsa's going to throw. That's the they're going to establish a run maybe early, but they're going to throw the whole game. They're yeah. going to try. They're going to test every defensive back. They're going to test that defense, and they're going to put the ball in there, and they're going to see if. Memphis can stop the the passing or not. Yeah. But the thing about Memphis coming to this game I, is they've got to establish that run. If they can get the running game going, then the passing game is going to be open no matter what for Calvin Alston and uh, for all of them. But if I had, if I was just guessing at this, I'm pretty sure they're going to double up on uh, Calvin Alston. Oh, I. So. I would I would assume they're going to do some type of speaking of rips here, Will I mean, some type of 
some type of bracket defense on him where it's a man, but it's also you've got another man that's going to – he's basically just going to shadow. But also um, – well, also – I think it would be kind of dumb to double Calvin because then that frees up Sean Dykes or Javon Ivory. So. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, but you've got to do something to, to, to try to try to slow him down. I, I, I Honestly, I don't think it's possible. I don't. No. I don't think you can slow Calvin Austin down. But I, I, th- I do see Tulsa coming to this, in this game, and they're going to blitz. They're going to blitz uh, oh, yeah. again all day. They're going to they're gonna put him to the test. And he, he's done good under pressure, and I think that uh, as long as Memphis comes out, you know, and plays the way that I know that they can play, like they did against Mississippi State, yeah. Arkansas, you know, as long as they come out and play their, their type of ball, and defense doesn't tire out second half, I, I see Memphis taking this one easily. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to get to our predictions here in just a minute. But, um, I mean, here's the thing. How do you beat Tulsa? You hold on to the ball. How do you beat UTSA? You hold on to the ball. How do you beat Temple? You hold on to the ball. Memphis has lost eight out of nine fumbles this season. That's a that's an issue. <laughs> like that's a big issue. Um, that's something that's got to get fixed, and it's got to get fixed now. And obviously, if I know that, then I know the Dagum coaches know that. They get paid to know that. So, but here's the thing. Like I said, you hold on to the ball, you beat you beat Tulsa. Period. I think you hold on to the ball, you're undefeated going into this game. I mean, would everybody in this room agree with me? I mean, it's, 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 you know, here's the thing. Um, when you look at Tulsa, Tigers going to get the win. I, 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 I really honestly believe that they will. Um, welcome back, Will. Um, Sorry. But, uh, oh, you're good. <laughs> um, you believe that they will? <laughs> that's, that's exactly why I did it. Uh, let's get to some game predictions and then we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk a little basketball. But so give some score predictions. Uh, Will, we'll start with you. Um, are we talking about the Tulsa Memphis game? Yes. Um, I mean, I, I don't know about an actual score prediction, but I did make a note earlier about this game and whatever the total is, I haven't looked at it. Um, but I would take the over. Yeah, most we'll definitely. Play. That'll be my prediction in this game. <laughs> That's a good prediction. Uh, I'll give mine. I, I think Memphis gets the win. I think – I hope we get this thing figured out and get it back on track pretty quickly um, just for a lot of people's sake. I mean, I really hope we do. I mean, but also for the – I mean, more so for anything, for anything else, for the players. I want these guys to have their chins up. We're proud of them, win or lose, to be honest with you, because they're out there doing something that they love and they're putting on for their city, uh, just to kind of quote young Jesus there. Uh, Nathan, what about you, man? I think the Tigers are going to get the win. Uh, I'll give it 48 to 42. Yeah, uh, me too. I think the Tigers are going to come out uh... – you know, back-to-back losses, it, it it can it can affect the team, but at the same time, you you learn from every mistake you made in each loss. So I think Tigers, I think Ryan Silverfield fixes everything that he needs to fix. Um, 
and I think he's going to have this offense and defense. I think he's going to have them both on point. Uh, give me five, uh, Memphis Tigers winning, uh, I'll say 37-24. Are they going to be on the point? Do what now? Are they going to be on the point? Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Bum, what about you, man? I think the Tigers will their way to a victory. Um, and I think it could get nasty this weekend, fellas. I give some outlandish scores, and this week's going to be one of them. Give me the Tigers 55-14. Oh, okay, okay. I think the uh, offense you- comes out. I think they they play well. I think the defense responds. I think Silverfield's going to get these cats bought back in. And uh, you're not going to see any turnovers this week. Not I agree, work. man. I, I, I completely agree. I honestly think we're going to see uh, – and, I mean, to Will's point, uh, Seth Hennigan has had a great season. And let's not forget – he wasn't supposed to be the starter. We don't think. I mean, that in all everybody's mind that I know of anyway, that was Grant Gunnell's starting starting spot. So you're taking a true freshman and going, here you go, kid. Here's the keys to the city. Go have fun. And he was doing it. He's having fun. He's slinging the ball around the yard everywhere. Like Just like Will said, let him go have fun. Let him go play backyard ball. I mean, yeah. look at what Bo Nix did against LSU playing backyard ball. It's effective. Exactly. It's effective. It can be done. I mean, that was shades of Johnny freaking Manziel out there. Um, yeah. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And when we come back, we're going to be talking a little Memphis basketball, Tigers and Grizzlies. Man, I got to give a quick shout-out to my guy, Lil White, for that 
theme song. Give them the blues. Re, I mean, just download it, play it. When you're riding through Memphis and you're Ford Focus with your 32-inch rims, bump, give them the blues. That song is amazing. Thank you to Lil White for doing that for us, man. It's a huge help. We are a Memphis podcast. He is a Memphis rapper. He's legendary. He does an amazing job. Been doing it for years. Thank you again to Little White. We're the point presented to you by Germantown Village Wine and Liquor. Reach out to him, 7730 Poplar Avenue, right there in the heart of Germantown. Go by and see Stephen Plunk or give him a buzz, 901-737-3174. And tell him the point and four-star sports sent you. Stephen might hook you up with a little something, something. They got some single barrel whiskeys there that you can only buy in their store. Flood them, flood them, flood them. Wear them out. Germantown Village Wine and Liquor, thank you for the sponsor. Fellas, we just got through talking football, but it's coming up, baby. Memphis basketball is upon us. I am dancing because I hope we're going to be dancing at the end of the year. Guys, I just got a few questions when it comes to Memphis Tigers. I could talk about this all night, literally, but I won't. First one is on the screen right now. For those of you listening on Spotify, thank you very much. It says, do we have the deepest roster in the country? And I'm going to go to the man who knows Memphis basketball possibly better than anybody I know. Brandon Bumgarner, tell me. Do we have the deepest roster in the country? We by far have the deepest roster Memphis basketball has ever had, that's for sure. Um, in the country, uh, right now I'm willing to say yes. You have a very experienced roster mixed with transfers, guys that have been here, and, and true freshmen, and Monty Bates and Jalen Duran. Those guys are two of the most highly touted players in the country for this season. I really do think we do have the deepest roster in the country. Uh, I think it's going to be evident uh, come the first preseason game, then when you get into conference play. But you're really going to see it. And we all know Penny loves those deep lineups. I, I think you have guys from top to bottom that are capable of playing all minutes of the game. Uh, and we never want to see injuries happen, but uh, unfortunately they do happen, tend to happen sometimes. So depending on what happens as far as depth the season goes, I really think that Penny can hang his hat on the guys that are on that bench. Uh, the bench play is going to be phenomenal this year, I believe, personally. Uh, you, I mean, Tyler Harris, a former four-star recruit, is a walk-on for the University of Memphis. Which is just crazy. You, you don't you don't see four star recruits being walk ons at other schools. I, I am willing to bet we absolutely undoubtedly have the deepest roster in the country, and if not the country, it's definitely top two. Well, here's my question, Brandon. We know Penny likes to experiment with his with his lineups. I mean. I feel like we're the Oregon Ducks football uniforms of college basketball. Like, look at all the different ways you can put this team on the court. I mean, Will, when it when it comes to Penny, 
how excited are you to watch to see just who he kind of sticks on the court to just mesh with who? Yeah, I mean, I, I've got the I've got the lineup here in front of me, and you know, I, I know I've heard a couple of statistics over the last few months as we've recruited who we have and put together a lineup that we have. And I want to say uh, I don't remember the exact statistic, but of of our entire roster, I believe we could roster two top twenty five teams, um, which is pretty incredible if you you know really think about it and sit back and 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 actually analyze who we've got, just the overall length on the court. Um, obviously, our biggest guy and one of our biggest recruits this year, and Jalen Duran. He's six eleven, but not just that. The dude has a seven and a half foot wingspan. So you just yep. put him in the paint and let everybody else do their work, whether it's uh, DeAndre Williams, Earl Timberlake, which we've kind of got to wait to see what he's going to do. But I think he's somebody we really need to watch. Obviously, Imani Bates, you know, huge recruit there. Um, Landers Nolly, who did a lot for us last year. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see what the Lawsons will do. I'm glad to see them coming back to Memphis. I think that'll be awesome. Um, just I think the excitement around those kids in general back when we had the initial opportunity at getting them when the tubby failure was going on, yeah, um, you know, and losing out on that. I mean, that was a big hit to Memphis as it was. And he was droning on for so long about recruiting not being what it was in Memphis. And then you got Penny to come in and just, you know, he starts cleaning up and showing people how it's done. But, yeah, you look at this, you look at this roster. I mean, I think it's um, I think it's safe to say that uh, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be in for a hell of a season. I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and I had the opportunity to speak with the Lawsons. Uh, we also spoke with their dad. Uh, we had them both on uh, our show. Uh, they're they're great young men. They seem very humble to me. Um, they just seem like, hey, I'm here to be a student and play basketball. You know, I mean, like, it, it really wasn't, uh, you know, it, I – there's a lot of hype around this basketball team. And I almost wonder if, I mean, obviously the team has to know how much hype's around them, but I almost wonder if Penny's just like playing all the hype down. I mean, do you so, think that's kind of how it is? Sorry. Go ahead. I don't know that he's necessarily playing anything down, you know, um, I mean, I, I think, I think he's, you know, he's no, he knows he has an ace in the hole and honestly, uh, just coming into this, I know we were discussing kind of the lineup for tonight's tonight's uh, broadcast. And, you know, one thing I happened to be doing a little bit of research earlier, and I know we're supposed to be getting a little bit of information out of the Independent Rules Committee coming Monday, I believe, on some of us, you know, what's what's supposed to come down the pipe from all, the whole James Wiseman debacle. Um, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I know we were talking about that, I think last week and Brandon, you know, he, he seemed to think, um, that Nike would kind of help foot the bill on that, but we shall see, um, ultimately it's going to be interesting just to see how that whole thing plays out, you know, um, but as it is, can I say something after you will? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think as it is, the, the team is going to be great. I just hope they're allowed to be great. You know, that that's my biggest concern at this point um, because you just never know with the NCAA and how they do things. And they seem to just target certain people. And I know coming from, you know, being a Memphis fan my entire life, you always feel like you got a target on your back. But, you know, this is one of those things. It's just like, just, just go ahead. You know what you're going to do. You probably have a pretty darn good idea. 
just do it or, or, or move on because uh, the whole waiting game thing, I mean, I think that's that's kind of drawn to the point that everybody's tired of it. But uh, go ahead, Bum. I know, I know you were about to say something. First of all, I think it's really disrespectful for, for the NCAA to come out this late right before the season starts, especially before you have Memphis Madness next week. Um, barring what they say or what it said, what, what happens to Memphis. I still believe that Nike um, and other sponsors of the school are going to protect us and kind of do our own thing. Louisville kind of got a slap on the wrist from them. So I, I really don't think that it's going to hurt that bad. So I have to take a step back and I look at the whole um, – Oklahoma State situation from last year. Cade Cunningham should not have been eligible to play. Well, not not, not that he shouldn't have been eligible. Uh, Oklahoma State should not have been eligible for the NCAA tournament, but they appealed, and the NCAA dragged, drug it out until the tournament. So it allowed Oklahoma State to be able to play in the NCAA, this past year's NCAA tournament. If they screw over Memphis and say, oh, uh, your guys – aren't allowed to play in the tournament. Do you know how hard that's going to hurt these kids? All the hard work that they put in and practice during the summer, uh, these two guys in Monty Bates and Jalen Duren committed to the University of Memphis saying, hey, I want to come play at your school. I want to have a chance to play for a national championship. If the NCAA or IARP or whatever the hell it's called screws over this university – there's going to be hell to pay. I promise you that. I can I, firsthand know that there will be repercussions towards the NCAA. I'm not breaking news here. I'm just letting you know what's going to happen. There will be a lawsuit. I absolutely promise you that. There's going to be an appeal. And if the appeal is denied, there will be a lawsuit. I 100% believe in that and have heard different things about that. Uh, it, it's just, it's Bush League for you to bring this up the week before, or the week of Memphis Madness, and then a couple weeks before your season starts. It should have happened in the, the, the summer. July. Spring. Yeah, July would have been good, or at least, you know, I don't know, like you said, spring. Exactly. Like uh, they've sat on their hands for too long. If you screw us over now, after all this hype has been built around the team, and it kills our momentum, then then all the blood's on your hands. Penny did nothing wrong. Is that not the goal, though? I mean, that just always seems like again. It's the goal towards Memphis. It's the goal towards Homer. Call me a Homer. It's legitimately Memphis versus everybody. (laughs) It is. But always has. But your other your other thing. Sitting here, uh, and let me tell you, I know we have a target on our back, but if the the one thing we all know the NCAA loves is money. Memphis is going to bring in money this year. Oh yeah, um, and uh, people want to watch your Bonnie Bates and Jalen Duran play college basketball. Memphis has four national broadcast basketball games this year, three against decent opponents, one against. Not so good. So, Uh, I mean, Brandon, a guy that I follow on Twitter, and I'm not going to say his name, but he's a very well-to-do NBA scout, 
was on a plane today, and guess where he's coming? Memphis. Memphis. And he literally said, I can't wait to watch Penny and his squad go to work. Yeah, so uh, I believe that they're having the uh, Memphis Pro Day coming up soon. Uh, they're going to have all, I think it's like 35 total scouts in attendance, different NBA yeah. GMs and stuff like that to watch these kids practice um, and do like a little combine type thing. They did it uh, two years ago with the whole Wiseman situation. But let, let's mm-hmm. talk about this Wiseman situation. I didn't want to talk about it last week. So Penny Hardaway did absolutely nothing wrong. He was not the head coach of the University of Memphis when this kid – moved to Memphis to play basketball for him. Did he give this family money? You tell me. I don't know. I, everything I've heard, yes, yes. Everything I've heard, no. There's no proof behind it. Also, if you do have proof behind it, that means you have a vendetta against Penny Hardaway for no reason. What has this man done to you? Absolutely nothing. What's he done to anybody? Nothing. He's a good dude. and you can, He's a genuine person. You can see it. But for you, the NCAA to come out and say, oh, James Wiseman's eligible, after you declared him eligible, months after you declared him eligible, to be exact, is really, it's just a shady thing that I, I see, you know? Um, it just seems like a common pattern for the NCAA. It, it, it's not fair. It's extremely harsh. And... I don't think the NCAA realizes what they have in Memphis. They have not only a moneymaker, but a sleeping giant. Uh, Penny Hardaway donated a couple million dollars to the university in 2008, I believe, or 2009. When James Wiseman was in, what? He was like eight years old. He was eight years old. So now they're saying three years before he becomes the head coach at the University of Memphis that he is deemed ineligible because... He paid for his family to come play for him, at, for him to come play at the University of Memphis. The guy didn't even know that he was going to be the head coach. When, when Wiseman committed to Memphis, Josh Passner, not committed to Memphis, committed to East High School to play for Penny, Josh Passner was still the head coach here. You were two, you were a coach and a half before Penny, or Tubby. And yep. then Tubby's here for two years. It just shows that there's an X on our back. And I swear to you, if they screw us, I swear there's going to be repercussions. There's going to be a lawsuit, and there's going to be a huge backfire on the NCAA. Well, here's the thing, man. At the end of the day, why are are we being punished? That's the question I've asked the whole time. And then secondly... We haven't been punished yet. Well, no, but I I promise you next week I'm going to have a field day Something comes out Monday saying we're not eligible for the NCAA tournament. Well, here's the thing. I mean, we were punished. He couldn't play. We were punished. I I mean, everybody's like, I mean, we were punished. James Wiseman couldn't play. He was done. He went on to Golden State, which I get it. He's that talented. I understand that. He's a generational talent. We've got, what, four more on our team now? Uh, But what I don't get is, Everybody's just painting this picture that Penny's just a snake. He's not a snake. So you're going to help somebody that you know? How is He's that being smart. a snake? He is smart. But, I mean, 
when Penny gave him the money, there was no thoughts that, that I know of anyway, Penny being the basketball coach at the University of Memphis. James Wiseman didn't know he was going to go to Memphis. James Wiseman thought he was going to play for Penny, win state, win state championships, and then whatever. James Wiseman, mean, James Wiseman didn't know he was coming to Memphis, didn't know he was even moving to Memphis. It was between Penny yeah. and his mom and James Wiseman's mom. It should have never involved James Wiseman at all. Exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, here's the thing, man. It's uh, it's If something happens to Memphis before something happens to LSU, it is a freaking robbery. Will Wade and his snaky little ass was caught on wiretap. Same thing as at Oklahoma State. Same thing at Kansas, by the way. Let's not forget Bill Self's not out of the not out of the uh, deal here at all, Mister. Let me sign a lifetime contract real quick. When you got freaking yeah, uh, Kansas, Arizona, Louisville, Duke. Let's not forget about Duke. Oh, who's retiring? Hmm. I'm not. I mean. I'm not throwing shade. Just saying. They're all waiting rulings. The blue bloods of college basketball. Blue bloods now. But you're going to come at Memphis because Penny Hardaway helped the kid's family move. It's sickening to the NCAA. It's sickening. And that's why, and that's why people want to secede from the NCAA. That's why people want to get away from the NCAA is because they're a bunch of shrewd, dumbass businessmen trying to run a collegiate athletic association. You know who we need at the, at the helm of the NCAA? Rob Brown said it. Freaking Rick Neuheisel. Go get Rick Neuheisel, a guy who's a lawyer, a guy who knows laws, but a guy who's also been in the trenches and coached college football. He knows what it takes for those young men and women to accomplish their goals on and off the field. Not – uh, whatever the crap dude's name is, I don't even—I can't even think of his name. So, but here's the thing, Brandon, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to go on a rant again on this one. I apologize. We're, uh, but it's ridiculous. Uh, NC State, LSU, Kansas, Arizona, Louisville, Duke, North Carolina. Nope, no. Nope, nope. Memphis. Let's let's go talk to Memphis. It's, it, it literally makes me sick to my stomach because we're going to get screwed over again for nothing. None of these kids that are on this roster should be should be punished. Nobody. Penny shouldn't be punished. His staff, should, best staff in the country, shouldn't be punished. But we will be. I'm telling you, come Monday, they're going to come out and we're going to get it with no Vaseline again, just like we did with Derrick Rose who had already been cleared by the NCAA twice. It's ridiculous, man. But when it comes to to Tiger basketball, we talked about the roster and the lineups that we think might happen. Will, I'll come to you first, man. Who do you think think Penny's going to roll on out there opening night? Man, um, so I honestly – you know, one one guy in particular that I've I've really been thinking about a lot uh, the last couple of days because I've started seeing articles come out as we've been approaching everything. 
Um, one guy that I've really liked watching the last few years. He's going to come in, you know, again uh, this year, a little extra veteran leadership. Um, and that's uh, Lester Quinones. Um, I, I really like him. You know, I like what he brings to the table. He's just kind of one of those glue guys. Yes, yes. I mean, he, he reminds me a lot of Antonio Anderson in a lot he of does. ways. You know, he, he plays a lot of minutes. He's going to put in good quality time for you on the floor. But he's he's also a leader. You know, he's going to he's going to be able to help these young guys hopefully find where they need to be on the floor. You know, they've got plenty of experience. They're going to be fine on their own. But when they get into the pace of a game, the way Penny, Penny likes to run his offense super fast. You know, we're one of the fastest teams in the country up and down the court. Um, I, li- I really like watching him. I hope he's uh, I hope he's starting for us. Um, I like I like Lester. Um, I think Landers Nolly will be another starter for us, <clears throat> at least opening up the season. Um, I really haven't, you know, had a chance to see much of Earl Timberlake, but um, but you know he might be one one way or the other. We'll see. Obviously, Imani Bates. I know he'll throw him out there. Jalen Duran, I'm sure, just being you know the two biggest names. Um, and you know maybe maybe throw Chandler Lawson out there as the fifth. So you know, looking at a starting five of Bates, Duran, Nolly, uh, Chandler Lawson, and Lester Quinones is my starting five. Okay. Yeah, I that's a that's a nasty five. Uh that five right there. Uh that's how many diaper dandies are in there? There's a few. Yes. Uh I'm thinking Bates is gonna start at the point. Personally, I would put Tyler at the two. I know that's a huge height difference. I mean, I understand that. But uh to me, man, Tyler's just it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Uh Lester at the three. Uh, Nolly at the four, or you could you could really flip flop those guys either way, back and forth, uh, and then Duran at the uh, at the at the center for sure. Bum, go ahead, tell me I'm wrong. Go so, ahead, Brent. A little, little bit of a little bit of a misunderstanding. The the ruling's not coming out Monday. It's just the timelines. Oh, okay. Uh, so um, that's what I just found out. Somebody texted me that, but. So, right now, I'm sitting with uh, I'm sitting with uh, probably Bates, oh uh, Lester, Landers, DeAndre, and uh, Jalen. That's where I'm sitting at. You got that a money be- running point. You got yeah. a money running point. You got Lester running. Shooting guard, he can also be a off off uh, the ball ball handler if you need to need him to be, even though he wouldn't be off the ball technically. Um, uh, you have Lester, not Lester. Uh, you have Landers Nolly, who is just a proven guy. He was one of your guys last year, along with Lester. They know how to play well with each other. Then you have DeAndre, who I believe is the soul, heart and soul, just leader of this team. No doubt. And A.J. Linderen, who I don't know if y'all seen pictures of the guy, but he is a grown-ass man. At 17 years old, he is more ripped than half of these NBA players and uh, has apparently just been embarrassing guys in practice. So, should be good. Uh, your sixth man off the bench is going to be Timberlake. And then you're going to get into your Alos, Lawsons, uh, and... and other guys like that. Uh, I honestly don't see a situation where Tyler Harris gets a ton of playing time this year. 
um, just because I think you're going to have guys like Timberlake, Buster, Imani, yeah. uh, Alo, all in front of him. I think Timberlake's going to get a good bit of minutes this year. And, he, well, he I should. mean, he's projected. He's a projected first round pick, so he should. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's what you're going to run out there with your starting five, and then your next couple off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. All right. So, I mean, everybody does it. Let's go ahead and do it too. Let's give our way too early season predictions for the Memphis Tiger basketball program. Brandon, I'll start with you. What about you? One know every game. <laughs> you know what? One know that's exactly game. what just, I was going to say. Just win. I mean, in, in all in all honesty, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's really funny. Go ahead. Just just win. I mean, it's it's time for like Nathan said on the Pickham show last week. It's time to nut up or shut up, Penny. <laughs> um, and I mean that with all all due respect. Uh, right. Penny Penny's about to prove people wrong this year. Uh, he's going to prove that he's a good coach. Not only is he a good coach, he added one of the best coaches of all time on his bench. He's got a proven NBA star in Rasheed Wallace on his bench. People forget about Cody Toppert and how good of a coach he is. Um, we talked about the depth. The depth is there. Yeah. Now, now we're just looking at it. Um, barring whatever comes out uh, from this IARP, IARP situation, I fully expect Memphis to win this. Uh, American Athletic Conference Championship and make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. I completely agree, Will. I'll get right to you right after me. I completely agree. I think Penny gets off this quote-unquote schneid. Uh, you, I think he makes the NCAA tournament. I think he makes a lot of noise in the NCAA tournament. And he really – I think this is where you're going to see the beginning of a little – of a run that Memphis is getting ready to go on basketball-wise that's going to be – we're going to be top five, top ten yearly, I, in, in in my opinion. I think Penny really understands what he's got, not only now, but coming in behind it. This team's going to be good for a, quite some time, Will. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, I mean, looking at the schedule, you know, there's no reason this squad couldn't run the table in conference play. Um, you know, I could see there being a few tests early on. Um you know, St. Louis, I, I always hate seeing St. Louis on the schedule for Memphis. Don't you? I, I, just, I, it just makes my skin crawl. Side, man. I mean, they just they the play counter, counterintuitive to everything we do. They slow the ball down. But granted, you know, that's just a few weeks into the schedule. So we'll just we'll forget about that. Um, looks like November 24th, we've got Virginia Tech at the NIT season tip off. So, I mean, that could be a good game. That, that'll be an interesting test. And then uh, the follow-up to that would be either Iowa State or uh, Xavier. So, you know, two good games there. And then Georgia on December 1st. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a few good games early on. And then, obviously, you start getting into conference play. So, it'll be interesting to see how that goes moving forward. And like I said, I think, uh, you know, with the squad we have, it, it, it could go really well. Um, I, I don't. I don't have a total on the wins. I mean, I could definitely see them making an elite run, an elite eight run, possibly even a final four run. I mean, there's no reason to see they couldn't, um, you know, obviously with the update that's supposed to come out on Monday, you know, that'll, that'll have a lot of, um, you know, that'll weigh a lot on whatever happens moving forward for the future of their team. But, you know, whatever happens, I mean, 
if for whatever reason they were to receive some sort of ban, that would be in my mind no more reason for that team to go out and just absolutely wipe the floor with everybody, you know, win every single damn game and give everybody a reason to hate you uh, or a reason to love you one way or the other, you know? Um, But at this point, man, I mean, I I do think with what they, what they're going to be able to put on the court, I don't, I don't see there being any reason they can't make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, possibly, you know, as far as a final four, but I think an elite eight is, is, easily in in reach for this team i completely agree i completely agree well you know the tigers play at the fedex forum right fellas there's also a basketball team there named the memphis grizzlies and they're getting it all cranked up tonight so we are the point here we are we're on memphis podcast so let's talk a little memphis grizzlies fellas the nba season is back upon us preseason's getting cranked up for the grizz I'm excited about this Grizzlies team, man. The fight that they had last year towards the end of the year, just they were – I mean, Brandon said it last year. They're balling and they don't even and, – and, and they don't know any better. They're just balling. Um, but this, this team is going to be a lot of fun again this year. They've added some what I think are very interesting pieces, one of which in the draft. I really I – I questioned the draft pick when it was first made, but now that I've watched a little bit of uh, – a little bit of uh, – Videos and things like that from the uh, from the Grizzlies that they posted, man. I, I'm really impressed with the uh, the rookie that they got tonight. They got the defending champion Bucks coming to town. Will, let's talk a little Grizzlies, man. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this season too. Um, you know, obviously, like you were just mentioning, um, you know, I don't really think anybody's looked at the Grizzlies as one of those teams they expect to do a whole lot. And that's that's not that's not to be unexpected because we've kind of been almost rebuilding. You know, they've really been going for pieces, and you've seen a lot of that in the moves that the Grizzlies have made, uh, just even in the last year, and moving guys that I think a lot of people really liked. You know, like Jonas Valanciunas, people love that guy, and he's one of those guys you 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 kind of fall in love with as a fan. You hate to see him go, but at the same time, you know, you, you move them, maybe you pick up a couple other pieces here and there, and it just makes your team better for the future. And I, um, It's one of those things that's tough to look past. But, you know, one guy I think we gained, um, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing here in a Grizzlies uniform is Steven Adams. You know, I think he's going to be – he's just got a great personality. Um, I think he'll be, bring a lot of veteran leadership and, and experience to Jalen, uh, you know, when you talk about, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, Jaron, not Jaron, Jaron, Jaron Jackson. Um, you know, he's he's still young. He had a good 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 year last year. Uh, I think really kind of caught fire towards the end of the year and really started to pick some of his numbers up a little bit. But he's got to stay when, healthy. Yeah, man, that's the biggest thing. You know, keeping everybody healthy. Uh, I think that's always you know a a big a big deal, especially with an extended season and everything. Um, but between Jaron, Ja. Um, you know, bringing in some new talent. I'm looking forward to it, man. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, this team always seems to overachieve. you got a lot of guys that play with chips on their shoulder, like Dylan Brooks. I mean, that dude just goes out and he guts it out every single night and does things that you really wouldn't expect them to do, or at least I think a lot of people wouldn't expect them to do. And, um, you know, they just – even though we may not be the grit and grind Grizzlies of old, they still have – they still have this determination and this drive, and they definitely are overachievers. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Brandon, what about you, man? Oh, 
Brandon? I'm trying to get off mute. There we go. Oh. Um, so right now they're up by 12 on the defending champs without Giannis Antetokounmpo, of course, uh, just because it's preseason, so it doesn't mean anything. But uh, they look good right now. Um, yeah, kind of piggyback on what Will says. This team always oversees expectations. They're not supposed to do what they always do. Um, you have a good player in Dylan Brooks. You have a very, very, very young core. Um, Steven Adams is the oldest player on this team, and he's only 28 years old. So uh, that, that if that tells you anything about this team, uh, Zaire Williams, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can contribute to this team. I think he's going to be a Kyle Anderson-type player, um, except a little bit faster and probably a little bit more skilled uh, offensively, hopefully. Um but he's 19 years old, so we'll, we'll see how he pans out. Um, to piggyback on what you said, Wes, Jaron Jackson Jr. absolutely has to stay healthy this year. This is a contract year for him. Uh, he hasn't had a full season where he's been healthy at all. And uh, he's – I'm on the boat of I wanted to trade him last season. I, I know I'll get some ridicule backfire from that, but – uh, I really think that uh, Jaron's got to prove himself. He's got to prove himself this season. John Morant's proven himself already. Dylan Brooks has proven himself. It's time Jaron Jackson Jr. to prove himself. And if you can get all three of those guys gelling in the same space, then the NBA is going to be scared of the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'm not just talking about uh, certain teams. I'm talking about the entire league. Because if John Morant can do what he did in the playoffs against the Jazz, if Jaron can get him his old self, his bubble game going back, you know, he played in the bubble. He played very, very well in the bubble. Uh, if you get a, just a productive Steven Adams every single night, double Steven Adams, um, and a Dylan Brooks who is just a menace to society uh, on defense, then this team can be extremely dangerous. Do I think there's a setback from last year to this year? It's possible. You have some new pieces. Uh, you don't have Jonas. you got to figure out what Steven Adams is uh, for your team. Uh, but John Morant's only going to get better. I think this is the year where he solidifies himself as an all-star. I think that he is going to become an NBA all-star for the first time this season. I agree. I think Jaron uh, could – possibly put himself, if he performs well enough, put himself in comeback player of the year. Um, just talk. Uh, the depth is what I'm really excited to see. Uh, this Grizzlies bench, last year they were very, very good. This year some, there's some changes. You still have D'Anthony Melton coming back. Uh, you have new additions, and uh, I believe his name's Sam Howell, mm -hmm. uh, who we traded from the Bucks. Uh, uh, we traded Grayson Allen for him. Uh, the, I mean, Zach Kleiman knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's loading up on draft picks while he's got a young team just to build on top of his team as they get older and older and more experienced. So let's just see how it plays out. Um, I'm not going to make any rash assumptions or crazy predictions about this team right now. Yeah, it's the first game of the preseason, right. so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, 
go out here on a limb and say Grizzlies are going to finish top four in the West. Now, what I think the goal should be for the Grizzlies this year is I don't think the Dallas Mavericks are that good. They have one good player in Luka Doncic, who is sick, unbelievable. Man. He's so but sick. I love Grizzlies, watching him play. The Grizzlies should absolutely contend for the Southwest Division title, which would be the first division title in Grizzlies history, while Will and Wes laugh in this private chat that we have uh, on the screen. I can't look at it because I'm trying to think of what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, this Grizzlies team should find a watch. They're young, and let's keep it going. Hey, I'll tell you what. Speaking of Will, he's got some fans. Let me, let me bring some comments up on the screen here. Bobby Bass said, Will is the bomb. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> and then Will Bass said, oh, that was me. Adams. I was just, yeah, I was talking about Stephen Adams. I think yeah. he was he was told the other day in a press conference that he was the uh, the elder statesman of, of the group. And uh, I think he he called somebody out on it. He was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, you know, in the press conference, you know, told nice. him. You know, I think he made a call. He was like, why would you bring that up, you bastard? Right. Uh, he's, but he's 28 years old, and he's the oldest guy on that team. Man. It's, it's, it's insane. But I'm looking forward to watching him play. I think it's going to be fun to watch. I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most is watching all this youth gel together. I, I really do. I think that's what I'm most excited about um, is just watching how this team can play. Because I, this, from what I saw last year, it's going to be an exciting season, that's for sure. The Grizzlies are exciting to watch. If you're a basketball fan and you want to watch a, uh exciting uh, uh, team, it's Grizzlies. Any Memphis team, they're going to be exciting. They'll probably give you a heart attack. But um, I tell you what, we are the point. We have you are inside Germantown Village Wine and Liquor Studios. I am Wes Pruitt, Brandon Bumgarner, Will Bass, Germantown Village Wine and Liquors. Stephen Plunk is an amazing friend of mine, man. They do a great job over there. Go by, check them out. Seventy-seven thirty Poplar Avenue, Poplar Avenue, right in the heart of Germantown, Tennessee. It's beautiful out there. I haven't been out in Germantown in a long time. I'm sure it ain't changed much. Uh, give him a call. I'm not sitting in Germantown this week. I might have to go stop by and see him. Check by, yeah. Go by and check him out. I'll uh, I'll uh, shoot you his number. Uh, Will said it's right down the street. Uh, <laughs> 737-3174. Go by and check him out. Tell him the point sent you. Tell him four-star sent you. Tell him West Pruitt sent you. Just tell him we sent you. Go by and check him out. They got some single- Barrel whiskeys that you can only get in their store. So wear them out, man. Tell them four star sent you. Guys, it's been a great show. I know we've got a little uh a little e exit video as well tonight. We're trying to add some things to this, make this thing get a little more uh production-based, uh, especially for our podcast users. We want to make sure that we incorporate our amazing theme song from Lil White, give them the blues as much as possible in the show. Brandon Bumgarner, once again, brother, you know. How I feel about you, Will Bass. You're amazing, man. Thank you to everybody watching on Facebook and YouTube right now. Thank you to everybody listening on Anchor and Spotify. Next week's going to be fun. We're going to talk a little Tulsa football and more. We are the point, and we are out. Pay your dues, otherwise I got bad news What you came to do?
hate is crazy, get wrongs, one thing you don't do. My guys are grizzlies and tigers, baby, we animals and we don't lose. We give you the blues when you come to us, be ready for war, we lacing up. You better bring a whole army with you, cause the Memphis here, we don't play a bluff. This is the do, we ain't come to lose, we here to win, pay your dues. Otherwise, I got bad news, what you came to do? Kind of 